welcome to the Women's Sports Film Podcast. This is Jennifer Matt, executive producer of the Women's Sports Film Festival, where our mission is to provide a platform for documentary filmmakers to amplify the stories of strong, embodied women and girls. The podcast features in-depth conversations with filmmakers and athletes working at the intersection of sport, film, and activism. This episode is special not just because we get to talk with the three key women filmmakers behind the film, Afghan Cycles. We were lucky enough to record this episode on the gondola in Telluride, Colorado during the Mountain Film Festival. Sarah Menzies is the director of the short documentary, The Mernovator, and the feature-length film, Afghan Cycles. Both will be showing at our 2018 film festival this September. Sarah is joined by Jenny Nichols, who was the cinematographer for both Afghan Cycles and The Mernovator, and Anna Brones, the producer for Afghan Cycles. Hi, this is Jennifer Matt from the Women's Sports Film Festival, and we are in the gondola at the Mountain Film Festival, and we have some very special guests. I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves, uh, the team behind Afghan Cycles. So let's start with you, Sarah. Yeah, my name is Sarah Menzies. I'm based out of Seattle, Washington, and I was the director, cinematographer, producer on Afghan Cycles. I'm Jenny Nichols. I'm based out of Boulder, Colorado right now, originally from D.C., and I was a cinematographer and a producer on Afghan Cycles. My name is Anna Brownis, and I live close to Seattle, Washington, and I am the impact producer on Afghan Cycles. Okay, we have to stop there. What's an impact producer? <laughs> well, we really want to use this film to have a social impact. Um, so as an impact producer, that means coordinating with local groups, um, using the film as something that gets local groups activated and that they're focusing on their communities and using that to do the good work that they do. So like local bike clubs, um, local groups that are supporting women in sports. Um, we're doing something in a couple of weeks with a group called uh, Women for Afghan Women, so using the film for them to be able to talk about current situation of women's rights for Afghanistan, so all kinds of things. Oh, that's great. So I, I would say that the one thing that I uh, was just moved by, I haven't, I didn't watch the film because I wanted to see it at Mountain Film with, a, with an audience, but just the trailer and everything I've read is just watching those women ride a bike through Kabul. Like, it's something we take so much for granted, Sarah. How did you, what did you feel when you guys were shooting that and watching how the men were reacting? Yeah, that's a big part of it, right? That, that this isn't a normal thing for Afghans to see a group of women riding through downtown Kabul. Um, I think for Jenny and I, when we would be hanging out of the side of a car filming them do it, uh, we were, I think we were sort of big sisters, like, you know, mother hens watching over them, making sure no one would hurt them or anything. Um, but it's a really cool image because, I, and, and I think it took us a while to de decipher what those looks meant because oftentimes you know, they're definitely turning heads, as are we, because we're white women hanging out of the side of a car filming them. But um, it, it's not always you know that they that it's a dangerous or threatening look it's often just whoa i've never seen that and that, that's kind of cool and and sometimes you could even see this little wheel turning like huh maybe maybe my daughter should look into this i mean they wouldn't say that but i'd like to think that's what they were thinking <laughs> <laughs> but but certainly there are times where we'd watch boys kind of chase after them and 
one time one of the girls even got off her bike and sort of puffed her chest up too to protect them but um yeah i i think we just uh we're very aware of our, our surroundings for sure watching all of that so so jenny as you're shooting this film and you're seeing how people are reacting at any point did you go any little girls that are seeing this it's changing their lives too i mean that's what sarah just said she saw a girl puff her chest up because like if you can see it you can be it yeah i think that would be amazing if that's what was going through their head i mean it's a it's a culture where you see people on bikes all the time they're they're well, men on bikes all the time, right? So biking is not unusual, but women on bikes is. So yeah, little girls walking along with their moms, seeing other women on bikes and young women on bikes. I, I hope that that is you know, changing their mind and letting them know that they also can do that. All right, let's talk a little bit about sports, um, your participation in sports and, and what, what's in, how it's informed your career in filmmaking. Yeah, well, it's funny because I grew up playing a lot of different sports and I, until you asked that question, I hadn't really even thought about on any of our sports backgrounds, but um, I played soccer growing up um, and volleyball, and then I started cycling quite early, actually. My dad and I rode on a tandem bicycle, um, <laughs> so I used to ride on a kid back, which is the thing that like puts you up higher so you can reach the pedals, so we started when I was like eight, I think. Um, so that's kind of where my like cycling background came from, but I think sports has always been so important to me, and in a way that I'm not necessarily conscious of that. Like it's just a thing that I've always done, um, and is really empowering. And it's interesting to think about all of us working together because we've all had pretty. I think sports has played a pretty yeah. important um, part of all of our lives, and it's so interesting that we kind of come together around topics that relate to sports, but that you know we're not necessarily out on a team together playing, but we're sort of using some of those skills that have been acquired throughout our sporting careers um, and applying them to working as a group and working on films. Yeah, I think you're on a team. Right? Yeah. The Afghan yeah. cycle team. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely a team. So um, there's three of us in the gondola today, but we have a couple other members um, on the filmmaking team, and that's Shannon Galpin, who's a producer, Karen Cafatosto, who's our executive producer, and then Tony Hale, um, who's our editor. Great. So Jenny, tell us about your sporting background. Yeah, I think, so I dove um, in high school and college, and then I also did a sport called vaulting, which is gymnastics on horseback which is a crazy oh my God. like Cirque du Soleil <laughs> sport. <laughs> and I think what sports did for me is I was so, so painfully shy when I was younger. And what I think it inspired confidence that I could, you know, compete and or succeed in a sport. And I think that was something that was hugely beneficial to my life and now this career as a filmmaker. But also, I mean, the team and the camaraderie is, is also incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, I heard, um, I think, on your TED Talk that you played basketball and soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I grew up playing basketball, soccer. I skied since I could walk. Um, I played on the club lacrosse team at my college. I, sports have always been a part of my life. And I was always a tomboy. And definitely, like you guys said, it, it instilled any sort of confidence that I think I still have today. I mean, it, I think it does come down to pushing your body at a young age and realizing that you can do stuff that you might not think. And I think to bring it back to Afghan cycles, I remember this instant bond sitting across from three of the women that we profiled. And this was within an hour of landing in Kabul. I was sitting across from three of the women who would end up being the mostly you know, characters in the film. And um, I just thought, like, there was just this energy I felt like they were they looked they're not really tomboys but they looked like tomboys sitting across from me these little jock girls that I just saw myself in so much and I knew right away like you know 
yes, we could have grown up in different worlds for how different our upbringings were. But at the end of the day, we were jocks and we cared about sports and wanted to take care of our bodies and all of this stuff that I just knew without even, we couldn't even communicate with each other, but there was just this little glimmer in our eye that's like, I get you. <laughs> I kind of felt like they, they saw it in me too, but that was just a really cool start to the, the project where I realized we're, we're on way more equal playing field here than I, I ever imagined. Well, well, and one of the things you talked about is the key to these women is that their fathers taught them how to ride. And that the fathers were a peculiar part. And you just said that your that your dad put you on the back of a bicycle at an early age. And so talk a little bit about um, how their fa- what, what what their fathers or other men that allowed them to to cycle meant to them. Yeah, in a in a country like Afghanistan, um, these women are an anomaly where they have the support of their fathers, their brothers, in one case, her husband, um, who not only. Uh, not only gave their permission for these women to ride, but also encouraged it. Like for a lot of them, it was their brothers that bought them their first bike or said, you should, you should try this. You know, I saw it on the news. You should go see if this team is available. One of one character froze on, it was her mother that just said, I always dreamt of riding a bike and I'm going to call a coach and get you on that team. And, um, but it is an important part of the story that I think as Westerners, we might not relate to quite as much, but it is very important for anyone you know, in our Afghan audience or really any Muslim country where it is difficult to be a woman. That's a big piece of it, of telling the story of these fathers so that hopefully other fathers or brothers will let their family members ride. And, and we have a similar history here as Title IX was passed and then it wasn't until fathers sued schools because their daughters weren't getting the fair treatment. And so it's like the, they, we needed the advocacy of others to, to push the law to be actually um, supported and, and applied. That's a great that's a great point. And there are so many parallels. I, we bring it up to the women in the interviews often that, um, that the, everything they're going through now, we went through at one point in our country. So Title IX, for instance, and fathers being the advocates for women, you know, for these women and their rights. Also, just the very role of the bicycle. The bicycle was a huge vehicle for suffragettes, and you know, giving us the freedoms that we have now. It changed clothing. It gave women freedom and independence. It's all the things that Anna talked about with our impact campaign that we're trying to hit on. And and so it is interesting to see those parallels. That what's happening in Afghanistan isn't new in the glo- you know global sense. We went through it in our own country. It's just at a different time. So what do you guys think of, uh, you talked about it a little bit, is, is uh, you as white women going over there, and, and we as white women born into America sort of won the birth lottery, you know, for, in a sense, right? Because riding a bike was never a thought, like, of course, we can ride a bike. And so what, how did you feel in watching a, a woman who is equal in every way as a human being living under this, in, uh, under this different, different reality? How do, how do you square that with the reality that you live under? I think so much of being in Afghanistan was new. And so having that part sink in, the, just the culture that these women are living in, it was really, um, it was really, I mean, eye-opening is a cliche, but you, you sort of know, you, you try to prepare yourself for what you're going to see when you get there. But then when you're actually there seeing the challenges and just some of the things that we were trying to do to not put too much pressure on these women, like not going to their homes or making sure that they could ride safely here and there. And it, it, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of effort put into trying to make it safe that from their side, you know, mm-hmm. from the team's side. So just observing that and seeing how real that was for them um, was was really impactful. And I think that it did make me appreciate, you know, having the rights that I do have in the U.S. But 
it also just made me feel so proud of these women for pushing these boundaries and and it didn't feel too far I didn't feel very removed from them they had the same you know drive that I've seen in a lot of my friends and colleagues so it was it was very cool to see that it felt accessible and it felt like they could surmount and and get past this challenge that they were facing we're pausing this interview to remind you of the upcoming third annual women's sports film festival September 27th through the 29th, 2018, in San Francisco and Oakland. Not only will the director behind Afghan Cycles be at the festival, but we will have filmmakers, athletes, and an incredible lineup of movies, plus a closing night concert by Shell to cap off the weekend. Tickets are available on our website at womensportsfilm.com. And while I've been talking to you about the festival, we've actually brought someone else onto the gondola to join us. Okay, so Karen, welcome to the gondola. Thank so you. I, I love I interviews in gondolas. <laughs> I want you to introduce yourself and tell us what your role was in Afghan Cycles. Um, my name is Karen Capitosto. I'm um, an executive producer on the film. The Small role. Uh, yes, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been um, in a steering the ship capacity with these ladies. They've done all the, all the hard work themselves, but I kind of came on to help them navigate the financing and distribution parts of of getting the film out there into the world. So glad you joined us in Thanks. our little podcasting. So we're going to go back to you, Sarah, and we the question we were asking is, how did you find these girls and what, what drew you to the story? And then kind of give us a little sense of how the story changed. That's a great question, yeah. So um, back in early 2013, Anna and I were actually meeting up for coffee with another friend, Shannon Galpin. Um, just as friends, just catching up. And Shannon's done work in Afghanistan for a number of years, working with, uh, mostly in the realm of women's rights. And she said to us, hey, I just found out about this women's cycling team. Do you guys think we should make a movie? <laughs> and at that time, um, I mean, we moved really quickly on it. I, I guess you weren't fully on at that point, but definitely a supporter and came on a little bit later. But, the, but Shannon and I moved very quickly to get a production put together. That ended up being more of a scouting trip because it started off as a, I really thought it would be a short film. I mean, a lot of the other films I've made at this point are short films that play great at Mountain Film or BAM for Wild and Scenic, you know, kind of the adventure filmmaking world. And so I thought this would be a cycling film with this interesting backdrop that is Afghanistan. But as we got to know the women and understood what they were up against very quickly, I realized we're just getting to know them and laying the groundwork, and I'll probably be coming back again and again to flesh the story out. And, and so, yeah, once we opened it up to a, fe a feature-length film, things changed very quickly in terms of the story. You know, we were able to go more in-depth with these vignettes on each of the women, see, uh, get a, a deeper glimpse at their lives, you know, what it means to be a young woman living in Afghanistan, and then really watch them grow up. It has, it's really turned more into a coming-of-age story if we, as we watch these really girls is who, you know, what we started with now turn into grow up to become young women young confident women who are starting careers getting married um going to school having to drop out of cycling because of threats or you know any kinds of uh, kinds of stuff so i'd say by 2015 we were just it was more of a deep dive on their lives um as the political structure changed in afghanistan though our story took another change as we saw how women's rights, women are the first to be affected as the country starts to move backwards in terms of security. And as the Taliban gained more power, uh, our women were getting more threats and, and actually felt those effects firsthand. And then by 2016 is when we had a pretty big twist in our story 
that I don't know if we want to talk about or not. Do we want to no, no spoilers? No spoilers. I'm not no telling spoilers. you. No. <laughs> they have, have to, to come, come out to the film festival. Yeah. <laughs> September 28th. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I, I just have one question about the subjects you pick, right? So we have Myrna. We have uh, Tahira. Is that one? Oh, is that her? okay? She actually got cut from the film, but I still rock her because yeah. it was really hard for me to cut her. The younger, the fourteen-year-old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she makes a little glimpse in there in, at one point, but okay. we have a whole. Yeah, I'll let you okay. yeah, continue so, asking your and question. Then, and then Leah, the surfer, and Leia, then yeah, Leah, yeah, Brassie, and Terry. Um, yeah, Terry. I, I mean, so they. I, I can see all kinds of commonalities between those. Four women, or and I, I don't know the real um, major characters in Afghan South. We'll go with Frozan. Yeah, Frozan. Okay. So what what drew you to those four people? It is interesting. I feel like in recent months, I've seen more par parallels in the work I've done um, more than ever before. I just thought they were all little one-offs. Um, but it is it, in interviews like this, it's been interesting to see those parallels and see that um, kind of I realize that in myself that what I'm drawn to are, are I mean, I guess women, but I, I tend to just think individuals who are fiercely passionate about something. In, those, in each of those examples you gave, it's different sports, you know, from fly fishing to surfing to trail running uh, to cycling. And, but at the heart of it, they're all cut from a similar cloth, which is I'm going to do anything I can in my life to pursue this passion. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they're all really amazing characters that I think uh, both evoke empathy from an audience, but also just draw you into what it is it's like they're sort of pulling the curtain back and like come and see what it is I love to do <laughs> and so I think that's been the parallel I don't have a passion like that in my life I, I'm a dabbler I have lots of oh things my I gosh. like to do she said this too she doesn't have a passion in her life and she's made like how long did it take you to make this film this film would be a kindergartner if it was a child <laughs> that's a great way to put it I don't have a passion and then you, your partner says that you she has to pull you out of the basement once in a did while just to get that, some, that, some light and fresh air, right? Yeah, she yeah. reminds me that vitamin D is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. But in terms of like pursuing, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, I'm drawn to people who really know what they're here on earth to do. And to be able to share that story and give them that platform to share it with the world, I think is is really powerful. And I do think there's undertones, you know, whether it's Myrna talking about body positivity in trail running or it's Terry using fly fishing to talk about the plight of fresh or uh freshwater conservation issues and you know the species of wild steelhead uh leia i mean she a lot of that was sort of the more of a climate change issue up in the up in northern northern norway so if we can sneak these little undertones into a story that's otherwise positive uh, i think we do it with afghan cycles too as we see our character stories evolve um then it's not a doom and gloom thing but we can still have a big takeaway from it Pausing again to tell you about a part of our festival that we are extremely proud of. On the Friday before all the movies kick off, we host Girls' Day, a day where 140 middle school girls come together to see great films about empowered women, learn filmmaking skills, and hear from successful female filmmakers. We put this day together because in 2017, women made up of only 8% of directors of the top 200 grossing films, and representation behind and in front of the camera matters. You can donate to Girls' Day by clicking on the Donate button on the website. Okay, back to the gondola.
Well, I think what's so interesting about when we're thinking about like Afghan cycles and these fathers and brothers who are so supportive, um, it's like such a reminder that women's rights are human rights. And when women benefit, everyone benefits. And I think, you know, so often we talk about the word feminism and what that means. Everyone gets to be a feminist. Um, and I think that the more people that we can just have all on our team fighting for the same stuff, the better. And I think that that film is such a reminder for that, even watching it as women who have very different rights. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't get to stop fighting to continue to keep those rights. And I think that we all get to do that, whether we're men or women. Um, and we can all just be on the same team to push for that forward progress. Well, and you guys all said that when you got over there, they're living such a different life, but you saw so much in common, way more in common with you. And when they were speeding down that hill, um, you know, the power you feel when you're going fast in a sport like you just feel powerful and that that's available to anybody mm -hmm. that gets wheels underneath them or uh, or gravity um and so giving them that power will change their life so um sarah talk a little bit about like kind of becoming obsessed with the story like you talked a little <laughs> bit about like it it just kind of takes over right as a filmmaker you have does it have to be that way or does it just naturally happen i yeah i don't know if it has to be that way i mean for me just knowing the i once you meet the people that you're asking to put in front of a camera, there is a great responsibility that comes with that. You know, you've built this trust, you're asking them to tell you, like, get personal in front of the camera, knowing that thousands, of, however many, you know, tons of people are going to see this. It's going to be available universally, uh, globally, you know, whatever. It's going to be available <laughs> everywhere. And I think especially with the women in Afghanistan, they there was this thing, like, if, if you can get this out there, not only will it bring support back to us and our team and what we're trying to do, it's going to help women everywhere get on bikes or get participate in sports in any in any capacity. So there were those moments for sure through the process over the course of the last five years where you get that little thought in your head that says, I don't think I can, I don't think I can finish this. We don't have the funding. The story's not lining up. There's all kinds of stuff that are you know, going sour in Afghanistan. What are we really making this for if this team's starting to dismantle or women are getting forced off the bicycle? And that little thought would last all of, you know, half a second before it's like, no, you made a promise to these women and you have to do it. So obsession, sure, that's a, that is one word for it, but it's also just um, loyalty or, you know, just trying to make good on a promise I made. One more break to let Karen off the gondola and to let you know that Afghan Cycles is playing on Friday night, September 28th at our third annual film festival. Tickets are selling fast. Reserve yours at womensportsfilm.com. Okay. How are you guys doing? Doing good. This We're doing so good. Awesome. Musical chairs good. on the on the gondola. So um, Sarah mentioned earlier about the film having a really universal message because while it's about women in Afghanistan, there's a universal takeaway. Um, and I think for us, uh, that number one is the power of the bicycle. Um, there's so many ways that the bicycle helps to empower women and men, too. Um, some of the main ways in places like Afghanistan are uh, just the freedom of uh, mobility so that they can get from point A to point B without needing someone else with them. Um, it's also a safety thing. That means getting somewhere faster, which means if you live in a place where you feel that you're in harm's way because of sexual harassment, assault, that kind of a thing, you can pedal faster. Um, also for school and education, um, and there's a lot of great programs in lots of countries where getting girls bicycles because they know that if you know a girl has to walk two hours to get to school, that is probably going to mean no school. But 
if she has a bicycle and can get there faster, that just provides that ability to do that. Um, so the bicycle is this like very powerful tool. And I think when we think about the bicycle here, even at home in the US, I mean, there's a huge gender discrepancy in the cycling world. It's a very male dominated sport. You look at any of the bike commuting statistics even, women just aren't really represented. I got an email actually yesterday, I showed it to Sarah and it was from uh, the local bike club in Seattle. And it was an email all about like, are you a woman? Do you ride? Do you feel safe riding? Let's all get together and make this industry more conducive to more women. So, I mean, this is a topic that is, you know, very important right now here even. Mm -hmm. um, and we are going to do a panel in a couple of weeks at the Brooklyn Film Festival. Um, and I was talking to somebody the other day about getting a, a woman on there that's working with um, children and, and youth and bikes. Um, and she's doing a lot of work with girls and just the idea that the gender gap starts early, right? So that if we want more women riding, that means empowering them, giving them the skills, teaching them how to change tires, you know, all of those things, that starts early. Uh, so I think that there's so many, there's just so many connections, even though it's a film about Afghanistan and we have very different rights as women living in the US, um, but there's also so many similarities and so much that we can take away from that. And that's really what we wanna do with the film, um, to use the film as, as a reminder that women, no matter where they are, deserve rights um, and they have the uh, potential to be empowered if they get these kind of programs in place and that we can have that here as well. Great. So tell us a little bit about the books. You, you've written two books about bicycling, right? Yeah, so um, I'm, an, I'm an author. I do a lot of things. I think as like creatives, we all do a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I'm an author. So I have two books that are related to cycling. So one is called The Culinary Cyclist, and that's kind of intersection of food and cycling. And then one called Hello Bicycle, which um, I always call it the non-wonky guide to cycling. And so that one is really done with the idea. And I like I kind of shamelessly name drop um, like the women in Afghanistan cycling and like one of the sections, you know, just to show that the bicycle is a tool. Um, and so I, I did that book because I, I really felt that, um, yeah, the bicycling industry was very male dominated and very, very techy, very sporty. And the bicycle is just this like amazing tool. You feel great riding a bike, right? And you can see that in the film. Like those girls, they just, they would just want to ride their bike. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's that simple. Um, and I think we can feel that too. And if you think back to when you learn how to ride a bike, there's that feeling of joy. Um, and that's kind of, that was the impetus for doing that book was just mm -hmm. to break it down to that and kind of empower people to get on a bike even if you don't know the right vocabulary when you walk into a bike shop like who cares right mm -hmm. or you don't have the right clothes it's one of my favorite photos from um the afghan cycles production is this great um photo um that is it, it's claudia took that yeah claudia lopez um it's this photo of like just the foot on the pedal mm. and the girl with the high wearing heels. like high heels yeah. like with socks and it's like yeah you ride in what you ride in like yeah. You just, it's such a, it, it's just, it, that's where it's so open, I think, and inclusive, and that's mm -hmm. so important. So I, I want to switch gears one and talk about um, Let Media. Sure. So you founded that in 2012. Cause that sounds the, about right. <laughs> Forget. Because <laughs> the other thing I see is this thing of entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can sit around and wait to be picked, or we can just pick ourselves. And so talk about why you started your own media company. I'm guessing I can speak for all, like that we all feel the same way about this, that um, the goal was 
problem for me at least was never to be self-employed. I didn't want to run my own business. That's the side of this that I'm terrible at. I really just want to make movies and call it good. But but in order to do that, I, I wanted to be able to market something that was more than just Sarah Menzies, girl with a camera, you know, come hire me. So I, I created a company that I could market that instead and um, and try a little bit try to keep a little bit of separation between my personal life and my work. Um, by having a different name. Plus, I want to build it out and have more people involved. You know, now that I'm in it, it's like, well, let's pull in some more people and do this thing right. But the name is something I want to talk about, that that all came down to just you know, letting the story unfold naturally. I think each of the films we've discussed here, we've got, gone in a very different direction than what we originally set out to do. And that is, at the heart of it, what the name of my company is meant to encompass, which is that um, I think I always think of sailing for some reason that you're, you're going to work really hard to get, go in a certain direction, but you know, no matter what, the wind is going to change and you're going to have to work with it. Mm. You can't fight that. And that's sort of my approach to filmmaking. It's why I love working with Jenny and with Anna on these productions where, and that those are the people I'm, I'm drawn to that are flexible in that and know, yep, we can't force this. We're going to go with it. And so that's what let media is. And, and hopefully, you know, we're all unofficial partners on this film and you know and many other films to come I hope but you know by building that out and bringing in more people that share that same approach and belief is really important to me well we um, totally look forward to having both your films at our film festival this, uh, this is fall. the best way to find out that we got our films accepted <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's just a perfect fit because we celebrate not only women in front of the camera, but women behind the camera. And then your your films have such a more powerful story and can and can bring and bring change. And that's what I love about that impact producer role. Well, thank you so much. We're really excited. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Who are you to stand so? Thanks for listening. Check out our show notes at womensportsfilm.com forward slash podcast. This episode was edited and produced by Meg Schutzer. Music by Shell, S-H-E-L. You can find more about them at shellmusic.com. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Positive reviews are greatly appreciated.